Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. The point is trauma does not have to end you. It doesn't have to be your victim story. It can be your opportunity. It can teach you so many lessons. So whilst today I really want to focus on, I guess, what trauma is, how we can actually work with it, because it's very real, but we can respond to it in a number of different ways. And today I want to introduce an idea about triumphing, coming out bigger and better than before, how we actually look after ourselves within mental health, how we look after ourselves within trauma. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen. If you've ever experienced any sort of trauma, then today's interview on Talking Trading may be very valuable to you. As Victoria emerges from post-lockdown and everyone's mental and emotional health is in question at the moment, today we speak to psychologist Simone Dawson of Optum Outcomes. And Simone discusses trauma in all its glory. Simone looks at the definition of trauma, how to recognize its signs and its symptoms. And then most importantly, Simone looks at how to turn trauma on its head so that you can triumph over any tragedy. This is a superb and deeply moving interview with Simone. She's so good at what she does. Louise Bedford and I have known Simone for a long time and we know how passionate she is about her work and in particular this topic of trauma. Today is part one of Simone's interview. If you want to contact Simone personally, you can do so at optumoutcomes.com. But first, let's get a kick of emotional and mental inspiration with Louise Bedford in Mind Power as Louise talks about doing something you love. Think of this statement I'm exactly where I need to be doing what I love doing. How often can you truly say that? Unless you can get to say this at least 50% of the time, you'll feel unfulfilled. And when you stop and think, really think, do you feel like you're destined for more? Do you know in your gut that you can do more, be more and have more? Well, I want you to think today, if you are not exactly where you need to be doing what you love doing, What are you going to do about it? What are your action steps? What can you do to plan your escape? Almost every trader I know feels that they are doing exactly what their gut tells them they should be doing. If you're not, it's time to scaffold your way in to a better life, the trader's life. 
Hi, I'm Tom Basso, and I enjoy listening to Talking Trading. Simone Dawson of Optum Outcomes is a psychologist and a consultant who specializes in people health for business wealth. And as we transition to a new COVID normal, Simone looks at trauma and mental and emotional health, not only to function and survive in the world, but to thrive. Here is part one of Simone's interview on trauma. Simone Dawson from Optum Outcomes. Hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely wonderful to be here and connect with you again. Simone, we're talking about mental health and trauma in a COVID business world and our road to recovery. Simone, I know you are extremely passionate about this topic. So two questions. Why is it so important to you? And secondly, why do you feel that times are the essence? Okay, I'll, I'll go in that nice order. Thanks, Caroline. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to start with a bit of a story and by the end of it, a few of you might go, oh, kind of heard of that before. Chris Gardner grew up in a home where he witnessed his stepfather brutally abusing his mother and sisters. He was placed in foster care after his mother was arrested for trying to burn down the house with her abuser inside. Despite that, Gardner grew up with dreams of becoming a doctor. When it didn't work out, he took a job as a medical sales rep in San Francisco. He became a father and eventually wound up as a single dad, struggling to make ends meet as he basically had to care for his young son on the streets. His son and himself would spend nearly a year on those streets, homeless and bouncing from shelter to shelter, sleeping on public transport or in parks until Gardner could get back on his feet. Eventually, Gardner acquired a spot in a trainee program at a stock brokerage firm, having no experience at all in stocks, and the position paid no salary. But it started him down a path that would lead him to becoming CEO and founder of his own firm, which then grew into a multi-billion dollar corporation. He went on to fund a $50 million project in San Francisco, creating low-income housing and employment opportunities in the area of the city where he himself was homeless. He penned an autobiography that was made into a movie. Anybody remember Will Smith in the movie Happiness? If you don't, I really highly recommend it. But um, I've been working with a fabulous coach. Some of you probably know him, Jason Cunningham. We've had some great times together. And Jason's line with me quite frequently is, but what's the point, Sim? The point is trauma does not have to end you. It doesn't have to be your victim story. It can be your opportunity. It can teach you so many lessons. So whilst today I really want to focus on, I guess, what trauma is, how we can actually work with it, because it's very real, but we can respond to it in a number of different ways. And today I want to introduce an idea about triumphing, coming out bigger and better than before, how we actually look after ourselves within mental health, how we look after ourselves within trauma as well. The second question, and I'm proud of myself for remembering, is that um, time is of the essence, and I think particularly those of us in Victoria, we basically understand that we are emerging from 
what feels like a bit of a bad dream, let's be frank. And we've got a whole lot of things in our brain that have changed and emotional experiences. So we're not, none of us are coming out the same as when we went in. And I'll be quite honest with you, it's critical now because whilst, yes, we could do something in 12 months' time, the opportunity to either not survive, just survive or thrive, we're at a segue, we're at a crossroads right now. Just want to throw in a few other, I suppose, examples of where trauma has basically not only meant survival but success. Oprah Winfrey, Barbara Streisand, yeah. Charlize Theron and Lady Gaga. Um, Charlize's story is quite profound. I, I, I'd love to talk about all of these super stories, but I know that we've got, um, you know, limited time. So my point is triumph from tragedy is possible and the reason I'm so passionate is we, and I say we, I mean you, Caroline, I mean Chris and Louise, I mean all of us as leaders in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, we're leaders in our own destiny. We have an opportunity to break the cycle and not be a victim and I'm, I really believe emphatically about that. I've, I've rattled off some famous names and whilst I'm not yet anywhere near one of them, one day maybe, um, what I am is I've lived it. I've lived trauma. I've lived a lifetime of it. It shaped me. It scarred me. I've had to fight for life over and over. And those who know me tell me it's actually what's made me me. And I have to then say I wouldn't give it back. I've laid in a hospital bed. I've spent four months in hospital. I had less than a 1% chance of survival. And, yes, I survived, but I also made a conscious decision that I got through that much. It's now time to live my best life. And that's why this podcast is so exciting to me, Caroline, because I think other people, we are all in a similar position that we've got opportunity right now to pave the way, whatever way we want to. Simone, there are different signs and symptoms of trauma and there are different sorts of trauma. Can you touch on what they are? Absolutely. So let's talk about the traumas that we'll probably all relate to at some point already. The first is acute trauma, and that is usually a single incident, um, an incident, I should say, rather than instance. It could be an instance in time, but it's usually an incident. Think car accident, think natural disaster, one single event, and this is what we often link most closely with, I'll say it once then abbreviate it from now on, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Basically, single events often lead to the PTSD um, diagnosis, which I'll explain a little bit later as different to other mental health conditions. The next one is chronic trauma. Pardon me. Chronic trauma is basically repeated and prolonged exposure to, to something. Now, let me talk about that something because I kind of have to go backwards to go forwards here. I think it's really important that we can all put on a hat of no judgment in that it's not up to me to decide for you what trauma is. Um, I had lunch with Jason today. I hope he doesn't kill me for talking about him. And he was a bit traumatised because my chicken salad looked better than Jason's chicken salad. <laughs> and I was using an example of 
Trauma is actually an event or a series of events that we experience as traumatic or harmful or threatening. I can't tell Jason that him not getting a salad that looked as good as mine isn't traumatic for him. So I really want to iterate that trauma is the experience of something as an individual. Can I, and just, also, can I just ask, sorry, yeah, I'm jumping in absolutely. here. What, what percentage of the population has or does experience trauma? I can give you um, a really interesting fact. So the successful population, and I know that your traders, your audience, generally are pretty successful people. They're ambitious. They want a lot for themselves. And unapologetically, I think it's fabulous. So high-performing people, generally we're looking at 60 to 80% have gone through some form of trauma whether it's mild, whether it's one incident, whether it's chronic trauma, or the last one, Caroline, is called complex trauma. And that often happens in childhood where you might have um, neglect. There might be physical abuse. There might be addiction in the household. There might be domestic violence. So we're talking about multiple complex layers. Um, I think where we're all coming out of COVID, I think to a degree. So whilst I'm almost reading my fine print here, Caroline. Whilst trauma is the experience of someone, so no one's ever in a position to say you are or you aren't or it's legitimate or it isn't, um, that lives on the continuum, that person's perception and experience of something. But if we say, yes, we are traumatised, that also lives on the continuum. So what I'm going to say unequivocally, 100% of us, particularly in Victoria, are all traumatised right now. <laughs> It's just a question of, I don't know, it's, what is it, time plus, plus tragedy plus time equals comedy? I'm hoping we're there soon. Um, but I think that we're all coming out of a, a, a trauma of some shape or form. Even if it's just that, you know, our brains have changed and we're concerned that we're not as sharp, we're fearful about our financial security. We've all been impacted in some way and that's why it's so timely that you're giving me the opportunity to talk about this, so thank you. So what are the symptoms and the signs that we should be looking for in trauma? Look, there are lots and they vary a lot amongst people. There's no one formula that, you know, applies to everybody. And there's, of course, more than what I'm talking about today. I'm very happy to talk offline if people have questions. So in the emotional kind of category, we see lots of things ranging from denial, anger, fear, sadness, shame, confusion, numbness, and the next two I'm going to name because they come up as both moods, depression and anxiety, but they also can come up under an actual clinical condition, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. But experience of feeling depressed in given moments or feeling anxious is not unusual. Hopelessness, irritability or difficulty concentrating. I don't know about you or the listeners, but I know I've probably experienced most of them at some point, probably more than once over the last six months. Let's talk about, um, sorry, better come up for air there. Let's talk about some physical symptoms and I'm sure people can relate to this. Feeling fatigued, feeling tired, feeling jumpy or edgy, sweating, headaches, digestive issues, issues with sleeping. And whilst this isn't a type of trauma, I've kind of coined the idea that we can have what's called post-traumatic growth, um, where I guess how I'll summarise it is we've learned that negative experiences can spur positive change. We can have a recognition of personal strength. We can explore new possibilities. We can improve relationships 
greater appreciation for life, spiritual growth. We see this in people who've endured war, natural disasters, bereavement, job loss, serious illness, economic stress and injuries. So I'm going to put it out there and it's a bit bold. Despite the misery resulting from the coronavirus outbreak, we could expect to develop beneficial elements as a result. And who thought I would have been talking about COVID and trauma and going, oh, let's get excited about the opportunities, but I believe in it. Is there a fourth type of trauma? Well, I'm going to say that the fourth type is probably a bit of a combo, to be honest with you. And I'd like to say that um, trauma in itself is defined as harmful result of an experience. And I'm actually going to say that the fourth type is, is trauma growth. So it's mm. actually a negative experience that we turn on its head. That's my fourth. Is there a fourth? Possibly. But I'm being, you know, taking creative licence and trying to create my own. Post-traumatic stress, anxiety and depression you mentioned. They're so common. I think every listener is going to be relating to them. Can we touch on them just a little bit more? Yeah, beautiful. Thanks for that question. I guess what I want to kind of put out there in the first instance, that if anything I talk about is triggering and Look, it is even for me. Ring Simone. Um, <laughs> ring Simone or, oh, right back at you, ring Caroline. Um, or I guess there, there's some fabulous support um, avenues at this point, you know, Beyond Blue, Lifeline. They've been doing a whole lot of stuff, whether it's a virtual chat room or a, um, a hotline. If anything is triggering you, if you feel unsafe, please get some support, whether it is Caroline or myself or whether it is one of those formal places, please don't please. But what I want to talk about is I'll talk about what the symptoms of anxiety and depression are mm. and I'll also name before I go into them the idea that they live in a clinical diagnosis and they exist on a continuum. So some people might say, I have been diagnosed with depression, but I was high functioning. I could go to work. I could engage with my family. I maintained life. Others are further down on the continuum. They might not have showered for a month. They couldn't get out of bed. So that's kind of my um, disclaimer before I go into it, saying that everybody's experience or diagnosis exists somewhere. There is no right or wrong or more real or less hard or more hard. Um, so some of the symptoms of anxiety might be feelings of restlessness, being on edge, feeling really worried, being irritable, difficulties with concentration, Difficulties either staying asleep or even falling asleep. I'm sure most of us have suffered some of this um, since, since we've been in this COVID world. Um, so whether it's a clinical diagnosis or not, if you're confused or if you want clarity, your GP is a great starting point for that. What we see in depression, um, and, and I'm a bit bold and I'll kind of talk about the hard stuff, so excuse in advance, but... If we lose our sexual desire, if we have changes in appetites, whether it's for sex or food or even the normal activities that we enjoy and love, they're often symptoms of depression. We often sleep too much or not enough. We maybe eat too much mm. or not enough. Um, we feel agitated. We feel fatigued, often worthlessness or feelings of guilt not uncommon. And this is where I'm actually going to name some of the triggering stuff, thoughts or even actions around harming yourself 
thoughts of death or suicide, even attempts at suicide, this is the really pointy edge of it. You know, this is where we lose people we love and it's really concerning. Again, if I've triggered, please reach out. My one last, I suppose, mental health um, diagnosis I'm going to touch on is PTSD. That differs from, call it, the impacts of trauma in that it's actually a psychiatric condition. It has diagnostic criteria such as re-experiencing the trauma, um, emotional numbness or even, call it, being hypervigilant or increased arousal. So think if you went out with a cough with a friend who returned from Iraq for coffee, sitting in a, you know, I don't know, a mall and a car backfired, they'd die for cover, start shaking a petrified thinking it was a gunshot. So if you're not sure whether, am I just impacted by trauma or do I have a diagnosis? Again, please reach out, GP, counsellor, whoever, um, and get some support around that. So Sim, other than people reaching out to their counsellor or GP support, what are other self-care strategies that people can use to go get over this trauma? Perfect. So I guess um, something I will just add in there, I, I named Oprah Winfrey and Charlize Theron because they've got traumas they've declared. There are other really successful people that have also really been hard on sleeve about their mental health status. So people like Jim Carrey, J.K. Rowling, um, and Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys was actually diagnosed um, I'm reading this here because I want to pronounce it correctly, schizoaffective disorder. So we're talking, you know, real psychiatric, you know, the pointy end of the stick, yet very high-functioning, successful lives. So really my reason for being here today is to give us permission to be compassionate about calling out struggles, whether they're mental illness, whether they're trauma, let's get okay with talking about it because many successful people live with it alongside it and hard on sleeve they're talking about it so why can't we what's jim um, carrey we, say what's jim carrey's situation he's clinically depressed right. and it, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and and i'm definitely gonna keep people anonymous i've been really privileged to be led into the very very rich and complex worlds of some famous comedians in australia um and their biggest struggle is self-esteem, lack of confidence and clinical depression. So don't be surprised that some of the people that seem most successful and are most successful, their evidence says we can live alongside this stuff. We can thrive. It doesn't have to end us or put us in bed. And it's certainly nothing that we have to be ashamed about. So thank you for letting me digress off the track of what we can do to, to do well within it. So I'm going to touch on a few things and I'll try and kind of move through it quickly because each in its own could be an hour. Balanced lifestyle in general, good sleep health, good eating health, eating a balanced diet, trying to have a balance around how much alcohol. And I know that um, the liquor industry has done remarkably well out of COVID. I don't know whether to go, oh, am I worried or hey, maybe I'm one of them. But either way, I think we have to acknowledge that managing alcohol and managing that balance uh, with, you know, enjoyable activities, good food, good sleep, it's really critical. Mm. I'm going to touch on exercise and call it out in its own right. We know that when we're anxious or we're triggered, that exercise or let's, let's, let's backpedal, fight or flight, our body's sympathetic nervous system. It's very smart at keeping us alive. If we feel traumatised or that the world's closing in, our body kicks into this mode of run, fight, run. 
Now, what we actually know is that exercise counteracts that response and it kicks into gear what's called our parasympathetic nervous system, kicks us back into a bit of a homeostasis, a baseline where we're a bit more calm. I'd like to recommend 30 minutes a day, a few days a week, where exercise can be preventative, so it helps us actually stay away from panic and trauma, and it's actually curative. So if you're going, ah, I'm not coping, need to do something to ground myself, exercise can be great, as can mindfulness. And I'm going to call that out as its own um, element and its own activity. Again, I'd love to talk about mindfulness and using your senses to really be present and in the moment, but it's probably another hour that we don't have. So I'll just touch on it in that way. And I'm going to say broadly, connection with others is really critical. Whether you're talking about your trauma or your problems or excuse my French, and I know, Chris, you won't mind this at all, whether you're talking shit. Um, talking shit can be great. Watching Netflix and having a bit of a binge on chips and dip, go do it. You know, I think defining yourself by your trauma and your problems does no favours for anyone. If you really want to focus in, nothing wrong with coaching, with therapy, support groups, online chat rooms, hotlines, you name it, it's out there for you. And that's all that we have for today for part one of Simone's interview. Stay tuned next week to hear part two of Simone's interview on trauma and how we adjust to a new COVID normal. If you want to contact Simone for a session, and she is doing a special offer for Talking Trading listeners, you can go to optimoutcomes.com or call her mobile on 0422 006 Stay tuned next week to hear part two of Simone's interview. In the meantime, have a good week. Happy trading. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people can get in touch with us. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it helps people find us. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are generally nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.